Welcome to our two-a-week podcast. Hi, Gary Zacharias here, uh, doing The Apologist Bookshelf. And um, I want to do a book that uh, somehow I, I went past in my first 100 podcasts when I was going through a lot of different books, and I missed this one. And it's a good one, so I feel bad. It's by Craig Blomberg. It's called Can We Still Believe the Bible? And then the subtitle, An Evangelical Engagement with Contemporary Questions. Good book, good size book, but uh, a lot of good footnotes and references here. On the back, people like Daryl Bach and Paul Copan give it a thumbs up. Daryl Bach from Dallas Theological Seminary says, The Bible has gone from being the answer to being the question in our culture. Can I still believe what it claims? And then, of course, you know, Blomberg says yes. Paul Copan says Blomberg's defense of the scripture's truthfulness is both important and timely. So I thought today what I would do, there are a lot of great chapters in here, but I actually wanted to go through his intro because he makes a lot of clever statements there and then tells you with a little bit of depth what he wants to cover in the book. And uh, so he starts off and he says, uh, we've had questions about the Bible. Ever since the Bible's been around, people have had questions about it. Things like the problem of evil and uh, why there are differences among the Gospels, four different Gospels. Uh, there have been challenges to biblical ethics, you know, things like slavery and how women get treated, uh, the genocide in the Old Testament. Now, he says this book is about none of these topics. Now, that's interesting. He spent about three pages talking about these other things, but he says that's not what he wants to do. And he says um, there's been so much archaeological corroboration of the details in the Bible. He said it just grows and grows. Now, he says the theological unity of Scripture actually shows people that there's a coherent narrative plot and there's wisdom and that it explains human nature from its origins to its final destiny. He says, but the book isn't about that either. So uh, I thought that was a, a great way to start what the book is not going to do. So what's he up to? He says, well, what this book does is address why I still believe the Bible as I write these words in 2013. So you have an idea of the timeline we're talking about here. He then says that uh, in America, we have so many liberal people who want the latest and want the newest. Uh, they condemn uh, each generation, he says, to rehearse the same debates in the past, making some of the same mistakes over and over again. So he shows how that happened when it came to the Bible. And uh, he says there's all sorts of fads that come in biblical studies. And he says he's thinking, though, what he wants to focus on is areas of scholarship where new findings are actually strengthening the case for the reliability or the trustworthiness of the scriptures. So I like that. He said he wants to point toward the value and the reliability of the scriptures, that there are some new evidences that are coming out. So he says there are six areas in particular that have really caught his attention, and he has specialized his study for those, and that's what the book is all about. So what I want to do is list the six and then give you the brief intro that he offers for each of those. So it'll give you kind of a nice overview. Now, of course, then if you like that, I would really encourage you to pick this book up and you can dive deeply into those chapters. Although I'll, I'll get around to this book again and we'll pick out one or two more of the chapters. So here are the six areas that he says fascinate him and what the book is going to focus on. Textual criticism. Number two, the canon of scripture. Number three, the proliferation of all sorts of translations of the Bible. Number four, the doctrine of biblical inerrancy. 
Number five, the diversity of literary genres that are in the Bible. And then number six, manifestations and meanings of the miraculous. Okay, so those are the six areas that he would like to focus on. So let's let's go through the six that he does. I'm still in his intro. First, he says there's textual criticism that seems to have been coming of age here lately. He said, we found new manuscripts. Uh, they've done a lot of work with the Dead Sea Scrolls. He said there are centers for textual research in Germany and the U.S. And by the way, I would count Dan Wallace as one of the foremost people in that field. So he's got an a organization, a center for the study of New Testament manuscripts. So anything Dan Wallace does is really classic. But he says they have been putting together biblical manuscripts. And he says we are now in a better position than ever to actually reconstruct with confidence. I think that's the key. With confidence, the most likely wording of the original writings of the biblical authors. Now, keep in mind, he doesn't mention this, but we do not have the original manuscripts. They're not sitting someplace in a library or um, in some kind of special uh, center of study. We don't have them. They're, they're long gone. They've uh, turned to dust. So then people say, well, how do we know what the originals say? He says, because of recent research, we can reconstruct with confidence what that original wording was. Now, he says there are way too many people that think it's just the opposite. We have so many manuscripts, and then that makes us less certain than ever about what the Bible authors first wrote. And he says that's false. And so he's going to demonstrate that in the chapter. So if you find that interesting, uh, you might want to look at that chapter on textual criticism. And he subtitles that one, or he gives it a different title. He says, uh, aren't the copies of the Bible hopelessly corrupt? And he's going to answer no to that. And he says, uh, when he gets to the second issue, the biblical canon, in other words, that's the collection of books that the Christian church says, this is authoritative. They give their stamp of approval to. And he said, uh, some people still talk about the Old Testament Apocrypha. That's the books that the Roman Catholics consider as canonical, but the Protestants don't. But he said what he's seen in the last few years is a move, at least in some Catholic circles, to call these books deuterocanonical, authoritative, yeah, but not as centrally important as the 66 books that all branches of Christianity have agreed upon as scripture. Now, what he wants to focus on, though, as far as the canon, are, he says it's actually a, now turning into a cottage industry. These are the post-New Testament works, these Gnostic Gospels. He said there have even been some calls for reconsidering the New Testament canon because of these Gnostic writings that have been found. He says probably the average layperson has heard more about the non-canonical gospel of Thomas than the canonical gospel of Mark. And he said a lot of what is being said about these is at least misleading if it's not downright inaccurate. Now here's what he's going to summon up. And again, this is a second chapter that you might want to take a look at. Why Wasn't the selection of books for the canon just political? He's going to say no. He said the real state of affairs is that all of these non-canonical documents from ancient Christianity that people are now spending more time looking at, he said they're not on a par with the New Testament documents, and that's becoming clearer than ever. Okay, so that's good news. Uh, the Gospel of Thomas is nowhere near being considered canonical. A third area that he wanted to get into was English translations of Scripture. And you wonder, what's the problem there? Well, he subtitles that as far as one of his chapters, Can We Trust Any of Our Translations of the Bible? He said, some people say, well, you know, 
these are better than these other translations. And it kind of gives the public the impression that we really aren't sure how to translate a lot of the Bible. It says that if we can't even be sure what it means in our own language, how could we function as, uh, use it to function as a authority for all of us to live in, in general terms? But he said, actually, our understanding of language and all has never been greater. He said strides have been taken just in the last few years. And he said he wants to focus on these so-called, especially these literal translations. Okay, fourth area that he'd like to get into is the question of inerrancy in the Bible. And he said that term wasn't always used in the past, but the big picture was, until modern times, that of all writings of human history, it was the books of the Bible that were uniquely accurate and reliable, both historically and theologically. He says, now for the first time in history, significant numbers of evangelicals are starting to question belief in inerrancy. And he says, historians today are looking at what would be considered reliable history in biblical cultures. So that's an area that uh, has shaken up a lot of people, and he's going to give you a lot of confidence as far as the Bible's inerrancy. So that's the fourth area. The fifth area, biblical genres. So now we have access to a lot more ancient documents, and we can understand biblical history and literature a lot better. He said we're more aware now uh, of the diversity of literary forms within the Bible. And I have taught the Bible as literature. Now we think about the parables of Jesus. We think about the letters in the Bible. We think about uh, apocalyptic literature. I mean, there are a lot of genres, and it's important to know those. He said, um, what has seemed to many to reflect history can now be seen to actually represent a, a different genre. He said, the way the ancients wrote history is better understood now than it was before. See, people look at things like the Gospels, for example, and they say, but the Gospels are in different order in the, in the different stories of Jesus' life. And uh, Blomberg will explain that in the chapter he deals with that. Then he says, finally, there's number six. That's the question of the miraculous. Now he said, you know, thanks to our communications in the last century or so, we have way more number of carefully documented accounts of physical healings and exorcisms and supernatural events. And he says, often in quick response to public and explicitly Christian prayer, and he says, science and medicine don't have any explanation for these. And he says, actually, a variety of classic objections to the concept of miracles that have been put forward over the centuries have been rebutted. And he said, biblical miracles are actually less random or fanciful than those in other literature. So those are the six areas. And he, by the way, I got curious. I looked up the chapter that he dealt with as far as miracles. And uh, Craig is a scholar. He's a very intelligent person. But he tells these amazing stories that happened to him and his wife. When you get to that chapter about uh, miracles, it made my jaw drop. So that's it. Those are the six areas of scholarship that this book presents. And why he says, here we are today in the 21st century, he says, I think we can still believe the Bible. He said, even you may think these topics, these six, may not produce the most important reasons but he, uh, to believe, but he said they debunk misconceptions. And he said they present exciting recent developments. Now, recent developments, okay, it's 2013, so obviously some new things have come along, but he does such an admirable job of talking about what's been happening in the last, let's say, 50 years. And he says a lot of people don't know some of these developments. So there we go. That, that's the book. 
It's called Can We Still Believe the Bible? Uh, excellent book. I hope you think about picking it up and uh, reading it. So thanks. Uh, we'll do another podcast in just a few days. We're trying to do two a week. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, I hope you send me a note. It's gary.zacharias at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Okay, thanks again, and uh, let's do another podcast soon.